0: Welcome to UX Soup, a short-form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest on developments that will impact the user experience of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, and while mobile. I'm Derek Vita, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Chris Schreiner. Hello. And Lisa Cooper. Hello. Hello, everybody. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics. A global research and consulting firm providing our clients all over the world with insights analysis and expertise today we're looking beyond the buzzwords to talk about technology for our pets i personally am very excited for this episode Uh, not just because uh, i and, and chris and lisa are all pet parents but because pet tech development is a great illustration of why qualitative user experience research is so important uh, not all pet owners are the same, not all pets are the same, so you really, when you're developing this technology, you need to put in that legwork early in development to identify who your users are, where they and their pets live, how they move through the world, how they interact with technology, what they need, and so on and so forth. So, very excited to dig into this a little bit. So, I kind of want to start with that not all pet owners are the same bit. So, who are pet owners as a segment like how how do we identify who they are and what they need
1: they're they're pretty much everywhere and in the US at least most people so i saw that in the US i think the last survey that came out was 68% of households have at least one pet in europe it's a little less than half i think that the makeup of pet owners is incredibly Varied. So you have everything from uh, farmers owning sheepdogs to people owning little toy pets that they put in their bags and purses and carry around.
2: Right, right. So there's a lot to think about, and you don't only have to think about the owners, you also have to think about the needs of the animals.
1: I think somewhere in there is where a lot of pet tech today goes wrong. So they end up designing trying to get everybody in there at once and designed for all pet owners and when you get to those kinds of use cases they tend to be not terribly interesting or helpful for the most part and i think if they targeted more special niche pet owners
2: more more might get done more
1: compelling use cases might
2: right because you got everything from travel to what does your dog do when you leave them at home You can get tech that, um, let's see here, you've got Go Dog Go, which is a mental stimulation type appliance that throws balls for your dog while you're gone. (laughs) Um, To, you know, tracking tech uh, that will track the health and wellness of your pet as well as their location if they get lost, if they escape, which has happened to me multiple times. Not just with dogs, with horses too. Where three of my horses ran down a very busy street
1: oh dear
2: if only i'd have had a tracking tech for them
1: (laughs) tracking harness so all three of us are working technology and all three of us are avid pet owners how many of us actually have some kind of smart tech for our pets i don't
0: no no the smartest tech that I've seen, so I'm gonna confess here that I, I'm a dog owner, so I'm not as well versed in cat ownership and definitely not horse ownership, but a lot of the smartest tech that I've seen is geared more towards cats, animals that are like you know, rabbits, guinea pigs, things like that. Uh litter boxes being the most obvious example. Right, so I've seen that the, a lot. Uh,
2: yeah. Now we own a cat. Um, But for us, the product that was the most successful was the the cat litter box, the design of the cat litter box. Often it seems the most useful things for cat and dog owners, especially if they own both, because that can actually create a whole other uh, situation in of itself, are the simple things like the design of the cat box. A cat box normally is you have the opening on the side, which, of course, dogs like to stick their head in and then eat what's in there. So we ended up getting a cat litter box that had the hole on the top. So the dog just cannot physically get at what's in there. So that was, that was life-changing. No tech involved whatsoever. But I think sometimes we have to ask ourselves, why do we use the tech? Does it help? That's a
1: good question.
2: So what I mean by that, what I mean by that question is, if you rely on the technology too much, then you lose that companionship for both of you, for the animal and for you. So it's good to have technology if it's going to be uh, used together with other things. It can make life much easier for everyone. It can keep your dog stimulated while you're gone. But if you end up doing too much of this stuff, you just lose companionship with your animal.
0: So, The crux of that, Lisa, is you really have to understand context of use. At Strategy Analytics, we did some very interesting research a couple of years ago on rear seat reminders for cars. So uh, as you're leaving your car, uh, especially on a hot day, uh, untold number of uh, uh, children and pets die in hot cars every year. So a lot of automakers will put a rear seat reminder up on screen, perhaps with an audible tone, to remind the driver that they might have something in the back seat that they need to check. And what we found is yes, consumers obviously want these, but what should these actually look like? These rear seat reminders are important, but is a single ding and a text heavy note behind the steering wheel at the time when someone is leaving the car or rushing off to their appointment, is that gonna be sufficient? A lot of times we hear about mobile alerts Uh, What if those mobile alerts are turned off though? Might not necessarily be uh, heard. What about seat buzzers? So the alignment here is on the fact that we need these rear seat reminders, but they need to be designed in such a way at that exact time point that a pet owner or a parent are not gonna miss them.
2: Yeah, another good context, I think it's travel. I was just, I was looking into this. There's something called a care pod carrier They've ended up partnering with Delta to create these uh, dog carriers that you could track as a passenger on a plane. So you, you can track your dog where they are. This carrier is better designed for the environment in the cargo hold of a plane. It's got all the smart features in there so you can detect how well the dog is doing or cat and how they're affected by the flight. And it sends all that information not just to the, the passenger but also to the airline. So something like that is incredible, I think. And they were supposed to roll that out in January of this year before COVID happened. (laughs) But that's incredibly useful, incredibly useful. How many people would love to take their animals with them?
1: So just to switch topics for a bit, one of the issues that I think that developers of pet tech face is doing the actual UX research about it. So. If I'm making some kind of device or smartphone or an app or something like that, I can come up with mock-ups. I can put it in front of a person, have them imagine that they're using it. When you're bringing pets into the picture, <laughs> you know, they're, they're lovable, they're great, they're incredibly smart. But not necessarily able to imagine themselves in a different situation to use something that's not fully fledged so it, it takes a lot of the tools away from ux researchers when trying to develop and design new products and services for pets it leaves contextual interviews with those stakeholders it yeah. leaves observational research or
2: any more quantitative uh, data collection if you're looking at health and wellness and things like that but yeah you haven't got all the tools that we would normally have with qualitative research
0: Or you you have those tools but it takes it down to its core, right? It's not just about plugging numbers into a survey, it's about which tools do you use to get the metrics that you need here? And as Chris was saying, a lot of that boils down to knowing how to observe a scene and how to glean that feedback from someone or a living thing that can't just verbally give that feedback to you, right? Right. Right, dogs don't have opposable thumbs. They can't write. Right. Yeah, yeah. So a yes or no question for the panel. Is smart quote unquote pet tech helpful on balance or hurtful on balance?
1: I would say that pet tech thus far has at least not been helpful. I wouldn't say it's been hurtful, but it certainly hasn't been helpful. But I think in the future, there are use cases around health in particular, that I think could be very helpful for pets and pet owners?
2: I think it depends on how you view technology in general, really. If you're scared to death of technology, um, then you can end up being very freaked out by some of the things that we can do now, uh, where you could imagine robots placing the companionship of animals if you have a more positive attitude toward technology and you've used it for many areas of your life and you've seen how it enhances life, then I think the answer would be yes, it's very helpful. So I suppose I'm saying it depends.
0: I like it.
1: That's always a great answer.
0: Uh, I, I agree with both of you. Um, too often I see smart tech boiled down to something that's just connected to an app, right? I can see how often the cat that I'm cat sitting is uh, gone to their dish to feed or like a a magical timed slow feeder for a dog, things like that. When all I really want is uh, a leash and harness that doesn't take 15 minutes to uh, get properly set up.
1: (laughs) I'm with you on that.
0: Okay. Time once again for our regular segment called Condensed Soup. Yay! Soup. Candid Soup is our uh, regular rapid-fire round of comments and questions where each of us presents a specific best or worst experience. Uh, This week, of course, we're talking best or worst piece of pet tech that each of us own or have experienced. Who
1: would like to start? My favorite bit of pet tech that I've had, uh, So one of our dogs loves to, as dogs like to do, try and escape. Doesn't matter how big a space they're in. Could be a big dog park. She's looking for the exit. And she is very good. She's a 60-pound dog, but has this incredible ability to squeeze herself under any kind of fence if there's, like, more than one-and-a-half-inch gap. And she would escape quite a lot. So we found a collar that had a remote control that, when you press the button, would just squirt a little bit of water.
0: I love that.
1: So How rude. <laughs> we, would, we would watch her as she was outside. And the moment that we saw her get down and try and shimmy under a fence, just press the button, gave her a little squirt. From a selfish and somewhat sadistic point of view, it was fun to watch her reaction because she had no idea where this thing came from. And knowing it was just a little blast of water what, and wasn't going to be hurtful, and, and that probably helped clean her up a little bit. It was uh, I got quite a sense of enjoyment out of using it.
2: I feel sorry for your employees. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my turn. Mine, I stole from a friend of mine because it was such a good story. Fitbark. It's a tracking and health and wellness smart device. It will track minute-by-minute activity, sleep quality, calories burned, all this stuff for your dog. And the person uh, that was telling me this, they said that this actually help them diagnose oral cancer in their dog, and this is actually responsible for their dog being alive today. So the way that worked was they were looking at the data from from the dog, and they noticed that he was slowing down. They were starting to get a bit concerned, and they, they got Otto to the vet. That's when they discovered that he had oral cancer. So they looked at all the options. They decided to put Otto on uh radiotherapy, and they were told he'd have six months to live. However, uh, the data showed that he was completely wiped out every time he went to radiotherapy. so they thought, well, let's give him a better quality of life. Let's just switch to this other medication." So they did that, and they kept an eye on his his health with this uh, device and He's alive three years later, wow. based on that. That's awesome. Yep. So I'll probably be going to buy one of those for my elderly dog yeah. <laughs> this week.
1: And that's, that's the kind of use case I was referring to earlier, uh, to be able to identify and at least get data on their activity and, and problems before we might be able to recognize them, I think is a potentially huge benefit.
2: Yep. And that's exactly what happened in that, that case.
1: And the capability of
0: sharing that with a care provider as well. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Really helpful. What's yours, Derek? Uh,
0: Mine is not specifically pet related, but it's something that I've used all the time right now, specifically for pets. So uh, let's rewind about nine or 10 years. uh, I was working at the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute on their test track and I was working very long hours uh, and I had a a lab at home who unfortunately uh, had to sit at home for long hours. Part of this on-road study, very long story short, uh, involved video chat for the car. Uh, We'll discuss how appropriate that is in another episode. But as part of that, for the video feed that we used for our test, I used uh, my laptop at home. I stuck it open and pointed the camera on this laptop toward the dog bed and it allowed me to keep track of my lab while i was away make sure that uh, she wasn't pacing around or uncomfortable or whatever make sure i didn't have to run home and check on her Uh, fast forward nine or ten years right now we're taking care of a one-year-old 65 pound german shepherd who has severe separation anxiety and we have been using dedicated home cameras to help monitor This German Shepherd, when we give her her little separation anxiety tests. So we point the cameras at specific spots in the house. We leave for, you know, 90 seconds to three minutes and see where she runs and if she's trying to like claw at anything, things like that. It's been a tremendous help. So, again, not a technology that's specifically made for pets, but it has been. A game changer when it comes to training right now
2: if only i'd have done that when our dog destroyed our sofa
0: <laughs> all right that's all for now thanks very much for listening a quick note before we go future episode of ux soup will be dedicated to listener questions so if you've got queries or feedback on our show now's your time we'd love to hear from you drop us a line at ux soup all one word at strategyanalytics.com That's uxsoup at strategyanalytics.com. A reminder that UX Soup is sponsored as always by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights in mobile automotive and smart home by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Please remember to subscribe to UX Soup on your favorite platform or via our show page at ux-soup.captivate.fm. You can also follow Chris, Lisa, or myself on LinkedIn or Twitter. Remember to visit our show page as well to leave a review of our show. Thanks again. Bye for now.